0: You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com.
1: This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer. The Daily Music Business Podcast.
2: The content of this episode of The Daily Music Business Podcast comes from a video on the YouTube channel of Outerloop Group. Go to outerloop.group backslash YouTube to subscribe. For Outer Loop Coaching's free seven steps to getting signed PDF, please visit outerloopcoaching.com today. Let's dive in. I know you've got to run, so if you don't mind, I'd like to ask you before you do uh, about. Same thing, uh, advertising on platforms, best practices. One of the things that I'm always wondering about is how like with uh, in particular the Facebook ad platform, for example, you're able to really hyper target when you've got people's email addresses and yet so few bands bother with collecting their email and keeping an autoresponder, that sort of thing. So can you talk about some best practices for advertising that you recommend and, and that you perhaps utilize in places where it works
1: and where it doesn't? Um, Well, amazingly, our company is talking to David's company about uh, him doing that stuff for us. Because, man, I have no idea about any of that. I'm so, like, old school. You know, um, we know it's there and we know we need it. uh, But when you have specialists that, that look into it, it's just amazing that the the very person that we're all talking to is is here right now. So, um, so I don't want to divert, but <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah. Look, guys, I'm so sorry I have to leave. This is amazing. Hopefully, we can do it again. But um, I kind of feel like we should talk about this stuff once a month anyway, and uh, share things that we're we're picking up along the way because it's you know how often do you run into another social manager who's sitting here trying to figure this thing out so yeah it's been great thanks mike paul for for, uh setting it up and it's great to meet you great to
0: connect with you buddy Uh,
1: bye
2: i hope i can hold the rest of you for just a few more minutes if that's okay uh david this is a great segue to you i guess uh do you want (laughs) to pick that up from from wherever yeah Yeah.
0: um, So a lot of people don't know, and I'll try to keep this short. um, A lot of people don't know what all data is floating around, like from a band's Facebook page, from their Instagram page, et cetera. Um, Facebook will never allow D2C data direct to consumer, right? So you're not going to get their first name, last name, email address, zip code, IP. You're not going to get any of that stuff, right? If you have a good CRM platform, um, and I recommend Klaviyo, Um, Which I'm new to the platform, but it's incredible. That's where you can upload all of that content But Facebook does allow you access to anyone that's been to your Instagram page whether they follow you or not Anyone that's been to your Facebook page whether they follow you or not You can even segment it down based on their level of engagement people who engaged with this specific post But not this one Um, Or people who saved this post people who commented on this post You can do the same with all the video content on both of those platforms as well And you can segment that based on seven varying levels of engagement So you can retarget people that watch three seconds of the video 10 seconds of the video 15 seconds 25 percent 50 percent 75 percent 95 percent like you said with the Um, The email addresses for bands that do have a newsletter, you can export that as a CSV or comma separated value file, and you can upload all of that. So when it comes to, um, and my background in doing this isn't for bands. I was doing this for tons of different companies in tons of different industries. And when I joined We Came as Romans, it was like, oh shit, let's just do this for our next album cycle, because if we don't, we're fucked. Um, Because our fourth album cycle tanked. We went from like 1,200 cap rooms to 300 cap rooms. And we immediately knew, like, okay, we need to get this new album directly to all of our core fans that loved us from the first three album cycles. And uh, so I got CSV files from our old label and from our merch company of anybody that ever bought a piece of we came in uh, Roman's merch in that time frame. And for the initial and uh, release of the album, every single dollar as far as paid efforts went to just retargeting those people to essentially say, hey, our fourth album sucked and we know that, and uh, here's an album that doesn't suck that we think you're gonna like, so we could rebuild that trust and rebuild that foundation. Um, Meanwhile, all that new data is coming in. We debuted the videos on Facebook exclusively before getting them onto YouTube so we could keep everything inside of our digital database there And all these audiences update every three to five seconds. So as users start to engage with the content, they're compartmentalizing or segmenting themselves into those various audiences that you've created. Now we can just look at a broad view of of the 100,000 people that watched this video. um, We had 80,000 people that watched 10 seconds of it. Well, why did we lose the 20,000 people? maybe the first 15 seconds of the video is not engaging, or maybe they just didn't like it. But the good news is as long as they watch three seconds, you can retarget them and follow them around the internet. So the ads aren't just gonna run on Facebook or Instagram, they'll pop up on whatever apps the user is using, whatever other websites they're visiting, and you're only paying for impressions on those. So it's, it's a very cheap way to stay in touch with those fans, but it, al- it allows you a macro view of, here's all the people that are the least engaged with our content, And here's the people that are the most engaged. These are the people that watched 95% of all three music videos we've released. It's probably time to target them for a pre-order bundle or something along those lines, because we can see exactly how engaged they are with the content.
2: Uh, David, my brain wants to ask you about abandoned cart retargeting, but I'm not going to do it. Oh, I love it. I love it. I'm not going to do it, but I do want to ask you about how effective YouTube ads can be. I think they
0: can be great. Um, we have hyperculture. The way our business is structured is we have three different specialists that have three different backgrounds. So I'm familiar with the AdWords platform. I've done a bunch of campaigning on it, but Tanner is normally our, our go-to guy in that regard. Um, to my knowledge, which is much more limited than him, and as Jeff was saying, like YouTube is the second largest search engine in the world behind Google. Um, And YouTube is owned by Google, and it's exclusively video-based content. So the fact that it's the second largest search engine is just absolutely unreal. The retargeting possibilities there, as well as, like, the ad placement there, it's really easy for, let's say, a band wants to have market share with Wage War, right? Great. You can go just drop your music video as a pre-roll or a mid-roll ad on Wage War's YouTube channel or on the Fearless Records YouTube channel in that case, And you can retarget video viewers who saw that ad with original pieces of content. Um, They don't allow the same sophistication of of data segmentation that Facebook does. Um, So I'm always going to be biased and err on the Facebook side, Um, as long as you have a good strategy. I think that your dollar is going to go a lot further on Facebook. But I think that YouTube has way more importance when it comes to longevity, which is where Finn's expertise would come in and like really building brand culture on your channel, there, and really making sure that you're putting, you know, not only uh, quality content out, but that it's being delivered consistently. Um, not only as far as like the timeline of when you're getting that out, but it's, that it's also kind of in alignment with your overall brand ethos. So I would say, you know, there's so much, there's so many free resources out there. Like all the shit that I learned was from experience. I never went to school. Um, I learned through trial and error from starting my first company for digital marketing stuff and I hired a lot of coaches and made a lot of mistakes all the way but most of it was listening to a lot of great podcasts and reading a lot of great books. So I would say put one of your band guys who seems to be the most like detail oriented or data driven person, put them make that their field and then give someone else the responsibility of YouTube and make that their full time thing in the band for six to nine months, and you can see quantifiable improvement, not only in the audience that you're building, but if your band is already cash flowing even a little bit, you can scale that pretty drastically. It takes a long time to get your bands to a point where it's cash flowing. Um, And that's something with hyperculture. We have a developing artist program that we are insanely strict on because most bands come in and they're like, oh, we're going to hire this agency and they're going to blow us up really quickly. Fuck no, we're not. Um, we can compress the amount of time that it takes to get there, but I never want a band coming on and thinking, hey, th- we're going to hire this agency and it's going to start paying for itself in two months. Now, people can become curious about your band, but they won't become a, a raving fan until they have some kind of emotional experience. Most of the time, that's going to be they see you at a show. And we can get more bodies in the room for you the first time you play there, sure. But it's still up to the band to win those people over. Sometimes it can be your song got someone through a a very difficult emotional time in their life. Um, And that's incredible. But that's that's the anomaly. Most of the time, it's you've got to get your butts into rooms and you've got to play. I don't get why bands that are starting out now aren't playing as many shows as possible. It just seems stupid to me. That's the only well, right place now, you're gonna yeah. win fans over. Right now they're not and it's
2: understandable. But,
0: but even it, prior is your to
2: is your experience that 90% of the time that data oriented guy is the drummer? <laughs> uh no, it's normally the singer. Okay. Wow. Yeah.
0: It's normally the singer or the guitarist. I don't know if that's like going against anything y'all have experienced, but normally drummers just care about drums.
1: Subscribe today to the Daily Music Business Podcast on your favorite podcast platform.